Welcome back, Kofkinbon listeners. We're here with episode 110. I think it's the time today, Tony. Um, we've sort of come to the conclusion that we may as well talk about this because we want to see how far we're pushing it. How's your resilience at the moment, Tony? I, I actually just took a very deep breath before you said that. So it's, um, yeah, listen, it's you now resilience. Obviously, you do get tested in life. Um, we've all had very bad periods in life, but uh, listening to the inspirational story about Sam Bloom this morning uh, certainly puts a, a lot into context about, um, you know, what is tough, what isn't, and, and you know, the, the dark places that actually people can go to. And that's where the topics really come out of today. Um, we're both listening to a virtual conference, obviously, because we can't be there in person today being in Victoria. But uh, it was pretty inspirational, her story. Um, I think, you know, I, I wasn't Unbelie- unbelievably, to unbelievably sad, but truly inspirational at the same time. Yeah. Um, you know, and how uh, I made the comment that I was sitting down and watching it, and I made the comment um and i just said what a beautiful family yeah I, and yeah. i think like for me for me when we're watching it um and for people listening uh they may have seen the movie on netflix penguin bloom uh so it was sam bloom talking but i think josh summed it up really well uh, he wrote straight away on the board it was a very moving presentation loved it just pure 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 resilience and hope cutting out the victim mentality when she spoke about how she tried to make herself feel good in her darkest moments stating that when she helps other people it made her feel great about herself um because let's be honest everyone who's ever felt like crap when we're helping others yeah so true it is just so so very true it's like you know when you smile try and be angry and smile at the same time but you know the the story of that the resilience there is for the entire family uh, three young children who actually witnessed their mum fall off the balcony. Um, and it actually brought me back to my uh, childhood days. I won't say youth, I'm talking childhood here, you know. So primary school days of going up to Horsham in very, virtually every um, holiday. And my Nana Kluge and Uncle Bill up there, they had two pet magpies, one called Maggie and the other one called Toby. And these were basically two um, magpies that, you know, very young, uh, were injured. And these magpies, uh, the good old penguin bloom, just reminded me of this. And it was just so hard to, you know, not be happy. And it's like, you know, people have um, the uh, pet dogs and things like that as well, companion dogs, uh, especially a lot of veterans that we look after. Uh, have like those companion dogs and those dogs are just absolutely beautiful you know so it's uh, they just the whole life is just to make you happy and and I think when when we talk about resilience and of course being in Melbourne uh, our week certainly got thrown out um, of kilter and you know I think you and I Jamie said a couple of days ago yeah this will go on for another week uh, yeah. it's um, not, not that not that I believe it should uh, I will state that openly but in saying that though uh, we knew this would go on for another week and it'll be the blame game everywhere else but you know it's you do have to be resilient and I was um, uh, chatting with a friend earlier today and, and she she's openly said that you know she feels for her uh, son who's in year 10 Max who 
uh, was meant to be going on a 10-day cam- uh, bicycle camp through school, going around regional Victoria on their bikes uh, with school. And it's just like, yeah, that, that's been taken off him. You know, the 10-day of adventures uh, when you're in year 10 is, is just absolutely huge. And, and the fact that all of a sudden they're back having to homeschool again and everyone's having to work still and things like that. So it, it, it is tough. But the, the, the thing about it all is that we know there's another side of it and that's resilience that has to come through because it, it is really hard to make changes in your routines and the way you do things in life, the way you work. You know, um, when the announcement came through today, I said, okay, time to uh, move this desk from the kitchen and move it into the second lounge room in the house and uh, lock myself around and put my old records on uh, so it's, uh, and, and work away from there in between meetings. But, yeah, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? it? It is about this resilience. Yeah, and I think, look, I, I've read the book and, and tried to make others within Kofkampon read it, but The Resilience Project by Hugh Van Kleinberg. Um, and I think he just hits on three good points, which I, I think make up uh, resilience as well. And, and the first one being gratitude. You know, we, we may be locked down. Um, and for me, when I when I look at, you know, I'm still healthy, fit, uh, you know, I'm still able to get out and go for a run in the morning and, and life's not too bad for me. So, you know, you've got to have gratitude, I think, about where you are as well in life. Absolutely. And, you know, it's – we um, – you know, it's it's making these little changes. So, you know, thankfully I'm locked down living with people that I enjoy their company. That That's a good start. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're not locked down with people that we dislike or who are abusive or anything like that. So that's a great start. Uh, today at lunchtime we drove down to Glenferry Road and got some sushi and things like that. And really in the office we wouldn't have done that. We sat down and Josh and I sat down and had sushi together and he remembered he had a tube of wasabi in the fridge so our sinuses got cleared at the same time. It was, <laughs> but th- these were, you know, these these are the things that we would not have done uh, if we were in the office. Yeah, so, yeah. so and it is it is these things of saying okay. This is the situation we're in. It's not the ideal situation. It's not. It's not a situation that we actually want to be in. But you know, I, I, I'm thankful that I can reach out to friends, you know, in time of need. I'm thankful that I can have open com- and honest conversations with people. I'm thankful for the messages I get from friends, uh, just to check in. You know, are you okay? And and so in that on that basis, we're pretty privileged, realistically. Yeah. And and but the gratitude, it's 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 so important to show that gratitude. It's so important to reach out to people who you know might actually be struggling as well. You know that don't you know and and sometimes they might not answer. But to know to know somebody else is thinking of you means the world. So and and that and that is gratitude. But you know yeah, if if that's the first thing, the first comment there, Jamie, is that don't ever hesitate to show that you're thankful to people or to say sorry. Yeah, I think um, Hugh also touches on a point where a, a young boy who obviously circumstances were a lot different, but every day, so look at this, he says this, and, you know, look at this, look at this and how thankful he is. And I, and I think that's, Beautiful that's story. important. As, yeah. yeah, I think that's important as well as, you know, every time you get stressed, look around you and what are you grateful for? You know, what, what is good in your life? And some, some people can get to a point where they don't think they have anything great, but it's, it's finding that. And I think the next point, it comes to empathy. Um, empathy for others and as we're talking about you know my situation is good here I'm still working I'm still 
a lot of teams call to you and it's having empathy for others because there's businesses out there that are struggling. They're, they're not open at the moment. They, they actually can't get their staff into work. So there's people and it's having empathy for those businesses and what can what can we do as people to help? And Jamie, their, their staff aren't being supported by the federal government this time around. Yeah. You know, so it's um, so we're not there's you know there's a lot of companies that don't have their financial ability to be able to support their casual work staff works uh, workforce if uh, they're actually not there or able to work or able to open the doors and you know there's no job keeper this time around either so yeah it's it was interesting what- I um I uh, seen on social media today uh, that there was a guy in the Mornington Peninsula. Um, and this is showing empathy for others in the morning Peninsula. He had a sign and sort of said, come buy a coffee from me to save my business. Um, and then he ended up with a line of hundreds of people uh, waiting to buy a coffee just to support that business. So it's those people having I'm surprised that the police coming. didn't come and shut him down and, and make sure everyone's standing, you know, 1.5 million <laughs> metres apart. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's those others showing empathy towards that business. Yeah. And, and he's got out there and put that sign in and they're out there trying to support him. Absolutely. And I, and I think, and, that, and that's it, you know, for example, it's a case of that going down and buying sushi down at a place that I've never bought anything off and stuff uh, down in Glenferry Road just before, you know, it's within my five kilometre zone. It's, uh, and it's, and, you know, we, we got to eat, we got to eat together and there was a beautiful sunny day outside. Um, and it is, it is about, you know, the support because those guys are doing it tough because they've still got to pay the rent. And, you know, sometimes you hear a lot of people turn around and say, well, you know, the, um, well, you know, just why doesn't the landlord stop charging him rent? Well, the landlord relies on that rent to repay debt or to to pay for his own bills and things like that as well, you know. So it's, um, I can assure you, our landlord hasn't reached out to us and said, listen, guys, I'm not too sure whether you're doing it tough or not, but why don't I reduce your rent? So <laughs> it's, uh, we pay a fair bit too in our offices there in the CBD. So it's, um, but, you know, th- these are the things that, um, you know, support support your small business, you know, go, go if, if you can. If you're yeah. in a situation where you can yourself, uh, support support your small businesses so sorry i've got a dog that's about to run outside <laughs> and absolutely ruin this recording yeah uh, i could uh, for those for those team reaching down and <laughs> just falling off the chair so just just maybe put her out <laughs> sorry nah, but I, sorry I, I've everyone seen, i've said plenty plenty of that and i think it's definitely come where i'm seeing that empathy for others is, is definitely in that hospitality industry and and you know if people can afford that meal they're definitely they're definitely helping out. But we want to sort of the last point, I guess, that Hugh touches on in his resilience project. Um, but there's mindfulness, and I know you're a big one on this, and it's interesting talking to a lot of our staff in the last few days. Um, the biggest highlight I've found and, and what I've been talking to them mostly is just to get outside. Um, you know, people, people, is mindfulness is different to different people. But for me, um, and what I've been trying to do with staff is making sure that they log off at lunchtime and, and go for a walk and, and get some time outside. And, What's interesting is it's been beautiful weather. So, you know, when we are in the office some days, we you know, get in there where it's just coming light and sort of leaving dark. So it's actually good to get out and, and see that sun. Yeah, I haven't uh, spent, you know, 30 minutes driving home, which isn't a bad drive, to be really honest. Uh, I can just uh, log off work and go and sit on my bike straight away. 
No, I, understand. Well, I, hear you, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Got out and run on those knees for the first time in a couple. First time outdoors, uh, 57 minutes last Sunday, and then got asked by the cops for ID. Uh, I did have my driver's license. I mean, I was I was very polite. There was, they they were they were good. They weren't they weren't being idiots about it or anything like that. So they were they were actually quite good about it. Uh, but they were just doing their job. But they weren't doing it in a nasty or horrible way that we sometimes see. So, uh, but I did. I I went out. And the sun it was cold, but the sun there was no wind and the sun was beautiful. And I went down. And did my old babies run? You know, Scott and Terry are listening to this. They used to be uh, companions of mine down there doing uh, doing babies run down in um, down in Sudley Park there, and it was just it was just magnificent to be out for 57 minutes. And uh, it's interesting. The knees pulled up okay, Jamie, but it was uh, the Achilles were a little bit tight from some of the hills. Yeah, I I thought you. Were or just maybe nervous. maybe it was a little bit of the extra weight being carried up some of those hills. That I, I thought issue. you were at least. I thought you were at least going to start on maybe a soft oval. Um, that's probably a good one. But we did some mindfulness with staff not long ago um, where we had Meditation Melbourne come in and, you know, you, you keep to that routine. And I think it's important uh, with this time. It's like I know you're in – I know we're sort of locked in the house and everything like that, but you can still take that little bit of time, um, whether you use an app like Headspace, but just that little bit of time to be present. Jamie, there's, there's, there's a couple of things to it, and that is that <sighs> – with with me, it's uh, I do transcendental meditation, uh, so I have a mantra uh, that I meditate to, and I do it for 20 minutes every morning. Now, in the morning, I do my 12 minutes of deep breathing exercises first, so basically reinvigorating your body with oxygen because we do have a tendency to breathe very shallow. Uh, and then after that, I do my 20 minutes of transcendental meditation, and you know, there's, there's some very well-known uh, people who are amazing advocates of this, people like uh, David Lynch, uh, who actually runs the David Lynch Foundation on TM now. And we have uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, for Jerry Seinfeld, he says, you know, his transcendental meditation uh, helps him highlight what actually is funny and what isn't. And uh, But then there's, you know, other people like, of course, one of the wealthiest men in the world, known as the biggest hedge fund in the world, Ray Dalio who's been doing it ever since the Beatles did it. So, um, and so, and then 20 minutes every night. But for me, it's, it's actually helped me, uh, stay calm. And that's the biggest change for me. It's, um, you know, every, everything is, it doesn't mean that you don't get worked up and, and things like that, but you, you don't go basically throwing punches, not that I necessarily go around throwing punches, but you know what I mean? It, it's a case of that. You actually stay calm and, the best explanation of it was, well, this, I'll give you two quick explanations of where it really works and helps. It unbelievably helps with depression. Uh, we've all been in dark places before and transcendental meditation or meditation in general because it actually calms your insides. And the best explanation of it is if you think of a rough ocean, uh, if you, the deeper you go into that ocean or the deeper you go into yourself, it can be as rough as anything where you've got shipwrecks, you know, happening up top. But down bottom, down kilometre down in the ocean, it's as calm as anything. Uh, and and the, basically your head is that ocean going crazy upstairs. But the deeper you actually go into yourself, the calmer you actually become. And, and we did an exercise the other day with a staff member, as you know, who, uh, whose heart rate was through the roof. And in the space of 10 minutes, got that heart rate down to... I think it was 58 beats per minute. So it's yeah. uh, just by actually teaching how to breathe and teaching how to actually meditate. And I think, though, from 
the aspect of what it actually does. It, it does actually give you, if you think of that massive tornado going on, they say, you know, the, in the not that I've ever been in the middle of a tornado, but, you know, <laughs> the, the, the centre of the tornado, the eye of the storm, is the most peaceful place that you could actually be. But you see all this turmoil going on around you and everything being uprooted and all the turmoil. So if that's your world right now with COVID or if that's your business right now with COVID, if you're actually centred and measured, basically you can see all that going on around you and your reactions will be done with clarity and focus, not with panic um, as well. So, And that's where you can say, okay, I don't like the situation we're in. We've been here before. What are we going to do? What do we know that's successful? How do we help our clients, et cetera, rather than going into the mad panic? So even when we knew lockdown was going to happen, uh, it, was, it was like, okay, we'll add uh, take off now, mate. You, we know you're going home to Wagga. Uh, where you got your New South Wales driver's license, you better get in the car now and go for a drive. <laughs> so it was, uh, we've got a New South Wales office. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, Willard works from both. So it's basically it's a case of, but he he we he he can still do that work that he's doing uh, just as effectively uh, from his farm in Wagga. Uh, than what he can from his apartment in Collingwood. So, so the basis of it is, and you know, so it was a case of you have you have to adjust. Jess has to adjust. We have to adjust again. And it's more the case of saying, okay, how do we do this in a manner uh, that is, you know, our week was turned upside down this week. Not well because of COVID, but everything that we had planned. My trip to Sydney was cancelled. My meetings in Sydney were cancelled. But I still had all those meetings on the Monday. They didn't change. Uh, yep. I still had the, we still had the meeting with the VC firm. We still had the meeting uh, with the CEO of a hospital up there who's one of our clients. We just did it via Teams rather than face-to-face, which is fine. Uh, the conference on the Tuesday uh, was done magnificently by count. Uh, change it to a virtual conference. Not the ideal way of actually seeing it, but you know what? It's um, I can see. I'm not obviously. You can see me, but I could just be sitting here in my tracksuit pants if I wanted to, and go into the conference. Unfortunately, I, I, I didn't get I to do my presentation on the Wednesday, but such is life. Yeah. I have no. I have no. Yeah, I have noticed, Jamie, that when we're talking to important people, you do always wear a shirt and look very <laughs> and very done up. And I know when you're just talking to me, it's just a pair of footy shorts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm straight into a t-shirt afterwards. Oh, that's probably my favourite thing about lockdown is is I'm not wearing that suit every day. It's nice. You got you got a closet in your office. I mean, I know it's full of clothes there, just in case death <laughs> ever kicks you out. <laughs> so it, would, it would look pretty funny at work. Is one part of it a suit and then come back out and be trackies? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I have my meeting now. Go put and go put on my comfort pants. Um, yeah. But uh, but I think if, but look, if you, so, if you think about that, gratitude unbelievably important uh, for resilience. You know, mindfulness is unbelievably and mindfulness can be different things to different people. For me, it is transcendental meditation. For me, it is learning to breathe, and it has really changed the last seven years of my life as a result of this. You know, it's really changed, and you know, and it, it's it's uh, I use the analogy uh, today when I was talking about change and. You know, so and basically it's a case of that, let's say you have something that you want to change on. One of the things that I've learned is that, and let's say 50% of the time you grade, 50% of the time you muck up. I did say muck then. Um, muck up basically it was a case of that, um, you know, it's, it's a case of that if people are always focusing on the 50% of the time that you failed, you just continually think you're a failure. But if you focus on the 50% of the time that you actually did really well, 
that's what you do. And if, if you keep focusing on that positive, this is where the mindfulness comes into it, that might then become 60-40. Uh, and if you're around people who are quite calm and won't react and things like that, that could then turn to 70-30. Then it could become 80-20, it can be 90-10, and then it could be just 100% of change. And every so often you might fall back into that old habit, but that old habit won't go back to 50-50. It might just be a relapse back to a 90-10, and then you come out of it again quite quicker. So, And, that, and that's the thing with, with anything on respect to the mindfulness is that being around positive people will help make you smile uh and and someone who you can actually speak very openly with uh who who will listen and will help if they can and who you trust is just vitally important and if you know if our listeners don't have those people in their lives you know i really urge you to be able to find somebody that you can openly trust is just so vitally important well i, I think that's where i was going to end on, on the conversation and, and you sort of beat me to the punch sorry out if, is there, if, is, if there is listeners out there that, that need someone to talk to, um, Coffin Bond's always there and, and our clients know that they can reach us at any point. Oh, there's, there's been a couple of people I've reached out to this week who I know struggled during the last lockdown um, just to make sure they're okay. And, and secondly, you know, we've, you know, it's it's extended to 10K, so it's probably a bit easier now. But I did say to one of them, well, I reckon 5K from his place and 5K from my place is about Sudley Park Boathouse. So if he wants to meet and go for a walk together, happy to do that. So, you know, and it's uh, so and these these are things. I mean, his business didn't necessarily struggle, but he was just struggling mentally. Uh, he's a very social person and working from home just wasn't suiting him. And I don't mind a chat either. So the two of us going for a walk together, uh, we, we can both both have a, a good complaint about certain parts or elements. <laughs> and, that's, and that's where we'll finish it, Tony. <laughs> Thank you for today. Oh, you don't want to hear my rant, Jamie? No, Come on, let me have a rant. <laughs> so. we'll, um, we'll, we'll chat soon. Thanks. Thanks, guys. The Coffin Bond Podcast is a product from Coffin Bond & Co, which we are an authorised representative of Can Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of the Coffin Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Kofkin Bond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Kofkin Bond and Co. and the hosts of the Kofkin Bond podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.